Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth, while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now, I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. Financial freedom takes time, but you don't have to come from money to achieve it. Today's guest, Tamar Hermes, knows this all too well. Despite growing up poor, Tamar ended up becoming a highly successful investor and entrepreneur, and she believes that anyone can follow in her footsteps. As the CEO of Wealth Building Concierge, she empowers women to become financially free by teaching them how to invest in real estate. Tamar has been investing in real estate for over 20 years, focusing on appreciation with buy and hold single family homes and duplexes in Los Angeles. Over the past few years, she has expanded her portfolio to include passive multifamily investments across multiple states, private lending, and Airbnb properties. In this episode, we discuss how Tamar got into real estate investing and how she's helping others, specifically women, do the same. You'll also learn that investing your money in a 401k is a bad plan for building wealth, why it doesn't really matter what a property is worth when you're willing to hold it long-term, and how to put your money to work so you can live life on your terms. One more thing before we get to today's interview. Tamar has a special gift for Lifestyle Investor podcast listeners. She's giving away her real estate investing toolkit, which includes a bunch of resources meant to help you make more profit from your deals and avoid costly mistakes. To get access to this gift, visit justindonald.com forward slash 79. Also, don't forget to check out Tamar's new book, The Millionaire's Mentality, A Professional Women's Guide to Building Wealth Through Real Estate. The book is now available for purchase at tamarbook.com. It's worth noting that all proceeds from the sale of her book are going to the Mona Foundation, a charity that educates girls and teaches gender equality around the world. Thanks for listening. And without further delay, my conversation with Tamar Hermes. Well, Tamar, I'm so glad to have you on the show. It is always a pleasure when we get to feature mastermind members that are doing amazing things. And so for me to be able to handpick from the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind team and tribe is just an honor. So thanks for joining for the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to share. Well, you and I get a chance to spend a good amount of time together and and we both do a lot of investing. And so I'm just excited for my audience to learn about you. And I think your story is incredible. Your husband's story is incredible. You really live the lifestyle. Like When I think of a lifestyle investor, it's you. I've been to your home. You're a great entertainer. You've got so much to talk about. 
Your family is incredible. Your outdoor space is incredible. You had this brilliant life in Hollywood, turn now Austin. And so I'd love to kind of go back to when you got interested in money because you're, you empower women and teach them how to invest. And I just, I love it. I just think there needs to be more of it. But there was a Tamar Hermes prior to any of this, prior to the financial guru you are. So tell us about you growing up and what got you into money, investing, finances. Yeah, you know, I have a similar story as a lot of successful investors, which is that I grew up without anything. My father was a Holocaust survivor. He had he was battling uh, his own his own demons from his past, and my mom was a pioneer in Palestine before it became Israel. So we were really my sister and I were really taught about survival. We were great at surviving, and that was pretty much it. We really didn't have a lot of luxuries. We didn't have a lot of extra money. Uh, And a lot of times there wasn't hardly any money. So I think that I got really passionate about money when I realized that there were certain things I wanted that there was no way I was going to be able to get unless I figured it out. And one of the most pivotal times for me was when I was 14 and a half, I got my first job as a hostess. And for those people from LA that remember the old world restaurant, that was my first job. They had one on Sunset and one in Beverly Hills. And I lied about my age, which you could do back then a lot easier than you can today. (laughs) And I saved $5,000 so that I could buy a car. And I'll never forget that moment when I got the car. It was a Ford Escort, a blue Ford Escort. And it was just, it finally could connect the dots that, hey, you don't, you don't need to start out with anything, but you can create anything if you really are determined and you're focused and you're diligent. And I had survival skills and survival skills are good for that. So that was kind of my first inkling into money. It took a long time before I got to where I am today, just like all of us are on our journeys. But I, that was my most pivotal moment. Well, that's a, a really unique story. And I love, I mean, I did the same thing. I grew up in a very middle income, maybe even a little lower middle income family. And I saved up for my first car and I saved $3,500 for my car. So I'm guessing yours may have been nicer (laughs) than mine, but it was everything I had. I put all my money into that. But talk about freedom. I mean, that bought me so much freedom. I got a taste at an early age what that felt like. And it feels good to be able to be on your own, go where you want to go. And so where from there? So you got this taste of freedom. You got a car. You flexed your work ethic muscles. But where did you learn about money? How do you know so much? Because you are a wealth of knowledge. And we'll get into this later because you also are a student and curious and a question asker at heart. Where did you gain your knowledge and education? You know, it's interesting. I didn't really, I I think I just, like you said, I'm just a curious person. And fast forward to when I bought my first property over 25 years ago. And it was, again, I was an executive in television and I had fallen into the trap of get a job, work hard, pray for the best. I knew nothing. I mean, I was just the typical 
typical listener probably that is thinking about, okay, I like this idea of lifestyle investor. I want to get over there. I mean, I just did what we're all taught to do. And I could see really quickly that I was just in a trap, that my life was basically a life of survival, kind of like when I grew up. I mean, yeah, I had more money. I was making over six figures, but I was still, I had to report for work. I had to do a job every day that if I didn't feel like doing, I I didn't have a choice. I didn't feel like I had, I could leave my job because I felt like I needed the money. And that was when I started looking. And like you said, I'm a question asker. So how did I get my education? I just ask a lot of questions. I just get curious about something and I just start talking to people. People are the biggest wealth. It's all people. It's all, all the knowledge you ever need is in people. And so I started thinking that if I could just not pay rent, there was, then, then I would have an opportunity to have more freedom because I would, I would have less expenses. And the guy that was, he actually owned, he was in entertainment like me, but he owned the property that I was living in and he was getting rent checks every month. And I thought, I want to be like him. And I, I had to switch places. So I just, again, I had, I was a good saver. I knew that there, there was a value in getting a lump sum together for something big, like a car or like a down payment for a house that earned me well over seven figures. So I always, so that was kind of the start of it, right? You just, you get a taste of it and then you're, then you think, give me more, give me more. And that, that house, I always think about this because whenever I'm working with clients, I always say, okay, you know, you can take your $40,000 and you can go on vacation and you could buy clothes or you can take that $40,000. These days, of course, it's a lot more than 40, uh, where I bought, maybe there's, there are parts of the country where we can do that still. And I just, I took that money and I put it into a property and there it is. I mean, there's the magic of real estate, right? Yeah. So what ended up happening? Did you sell this at a big return? Did you hold on to it? Did you scale and buy multiple units so that you had even more cash flow? What does that look like? Yeah, that is a great question. And it's so interesting to me because I, I was very tentative. So I think women by nature, and part of the reason why I spend so much time working with women is because by nature, we're tentative. I always think of, I always tell this story about the lemonade stand. The little boy goes out and he goes to, to sell lemonade and the parents tell him, oh, that's great. Have a great time. And the girl goes out and they tell her to be careful, be cautious. Don't talk, you know, just make sure you're careful. And that's kind of how we're, we're conditioned. You know, we're conditioned to just be a little bit more tentative, a little more cautious, which I think serves us in many ways because we're willing to look at a lot of different angles and take our time with decisions. And it also sometimes leaves us paralyzed where we're just too afraid to move forward. And so I had bought that property. And uh, at the time it took me, I did end up buying more property. And I did end up selling some and going on the route of scaling. Although uh, that first property I kept, and so it's so. And I love I love this too about lifestyle investing is that you could maybe maybe you're working a job and you really love it and you think you know what I'm fine with what I'm doing. So you know buy and this is something Justin we've talked about buy in a great area like Los Angeles or Austin and even if you're not cash flowing you're buying an asset in an area that ultimately, even if prices go down and we we hit a, a big bump in the market, ultimately are going to be worth a lot. And, you know, I went th- through 2008 with that property. I had other properties at the time, but 
that that property is worth one and a half million dollars. And I bought it for 400,000. So yeah, I could have made a lot, lot more money had I sold it, had I been doing exercising 1031 exchanges. The point is I didn't have to, I still made a million and a half. That's still good money. So, you know, I don't know how, how many people would say that, yeah, I could have maybe made five, but I made one and a half. If I needed to sell that property today, I could just raise my hand and I'd have many buyers. Yeah, that's cool that you have that. And I mean, most people in real estate play the long-term game. And you can certainly do the 1031s, which is still a long-term game. But most people that I would say are like the the highest level expert. I mean, if you're raising money and you have investors and you want to like pay them back and you probably in many cases sell, sell maybe sooner than you would if you owned it on your own. But my friends that own, they generally own for a long time. And their rule is, don't sell because you can always borrow against it if you need to. You can always... And the debt that you take out on it is tax-free. So it's a, a great strategy. So I, I like hearing that. But you have grown beyond... So you've done some real estate and you've done a bunch of different types of real estate. But you've even grown beyond that where we're investing in all different types of things in you know the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind, all kinds of deals A to Z. But I still think for you that real estate is your foundation. It's what helped you get your start. It's still a big portion of your portfolio. And I'm curious, you know, percentage-wise, what is your allocation approximately of real estate? And, and does real estate alone cover your lifestyle income? Yes, real estate does cover my lifestyle income. And my husband and I both still work although we don't have to work and that's the difference. So we work because we love what we do and we enjoy it. And that's, that's a place I always strive to be. And real estate and my portfolio is about 75%. So I'm still really heavy in real estate and I'm, I'm, hundred percent fine with that because I love the asset. And one of the things I always say about real estate that I like more than anything else is that I can understand it. I can understand, okay, I'm going to buy it for this price. These are going to be my projected expenses. These are the additional expenses. If, if things don't go well, this is what can happen in the market. This is the worst case scenario. Whereas if I'm investing in a private equity deal, then I can say, okay, this is a fantastic idea. I can see how well this company is doing. I can see the projections. I can see the ma- the, the massive returns that I'll get, which will likely be more than real estate. And I can also lose all my money. That's right. Yeah. It's often this world of, of public equity and private equity. And technically, real estate is both, right? More or less, it's, it's more often private. But let's kind of categorize it as its own. You know, we'll give it its own category. But when you're in public and private equities, yeah, you can have big home runs, but you can also have like strikeouts. And uh, with real estate, it's really hard to lose money, at least over the long haul. Generally, it's going to appreciate every year. And as our government prints more money, it's going to kind of keep up with that. So as more money is, is brought into our system, is, is kind of printed out of thin air or added to a digital ledger, then the value of this real estate keeps going up. The amount of rent keeps going up. And so it's a nice hedge against a devaluing dollar. It's a nice protection to be in an asset. A lot of people sit in cash and and we've heard a lot that savers lose the most, right? And 
people that um, move their cash position into assets that can keep up and, and hedge against inflation really win the most. And so you've done that. You've seen that. You mentioned your husband. And uh, one of the things I want to make sure that that we mention, because I'm so impressed with Matt Earl and just love hanging out with him. And part of that is that we share a love for movies and television. I love it. I, I mean, I uh, you know recently invested in a film and I just have always had a fascination with uh, TV and movies. And so it's cool getting a chance to, Matt, to meet Matt Earl because he's a very well-known Hollywood director. You know, he directs the Chicago Fire. He's had involvement in a lot of big name movies like Braveheart and many others. And so to, to hear his perspective, his insight, the relationships he has, the people he knows, it's just fascinating. It's so fun for me. And, and hanging out with him, you know, really just last week, we had a really nice exchange on some shows and some movies and people he knows and some cool stories that it's neat hearing the backstory of how someone got started or what launched their career. And, and he's just a wealth of knowledge and just fun to hang out with. So I just wanted to give you a shout out for finding and doing a great job marrying an awesome guy. Yeah, that's great. And you know, it's interesting that, that you say that because oftentimes I'll say, even, you know, marriage, obviously it's so much more than like, we don't want to say it's a business relationship, but it's a choice. You know, it's a choice that we make along our journey and partnerships are challenging. And so in a lot of ways, I, you know, I can't, I feel like I did make a great decision because we've been married for over 20 years and yet it is, it does feel a little bit like luck, but it's a dance, but it's the same as an investment because we're doing the same thing. And that's, you know, and like when you were talking about the real estate and talking about the different ways to, uh, that it's very hard to lose money. One of the things that I love about that too, is that there are so many strategies within, uh, within the strategy. So, you know, you can buy a mobile home park, you can sell it, you can get a partner, you can refi it, you can, you have all kinds of options. So it just, it, that's the thing that's so fun about it. And, you know, it is a dance kind of like a relationship, you know, you're having a relationship with the, with your asset. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you bring up a good point that I just want to elaborate on. I said, it's hard to lose money. It's hard to lose money. If you buy right, you can certainly lose money. And you can certainly invest with people that don't know what the heck they're doing or have only done real estate in the last you know, 13 years that we've had this massive, I guess, bubble or, or increase in asset values. And so the last 13 years, it's really been hard to do wrong. There are people that have done poor job, but it's a very small percentage. You really learn who's good during a recession where you can actually see how do you make decisions and how does this hold up under stress and under a rising interest rate environment or you know whatever that that looks like and so I want to be very careful not to say hey you're not going to lose money in real estate I think any investor every investor is going to lose money at some point in time and you can lose money in real estate if you don't invest wisely if you don't invest with a great group But I think if you invest in the right asset classes and you do so at a fair price, just based on the amount of money that's being printed, just based on real estate appreciating over time. And if you're owning it, if it's deeded, like it's a deeded asset that you own as opposed to you investing in someone's syndication, I think your chances are really good that you're going to make money uh, and probably make a good return. But if you do invest in someone else's syndication and you've done your homework and you know that they're good and you know they have experience beyond the last 
13 years. So you can see what it was like in hard times during 2008 to 2010. Like it's just good to know that people have weathered that storm, right? That's when you can do well. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, I, I love that you clarified that because yeah, definitely there's always risk in any investment. And I just think that we have a lot of options. Even if something goes south, we have ways, we have a myriad of ways that you can stay in control with real estate. And it's true, you can still lose money. And it does seem that over time though, that time can also take care of uh, a lot of the issues as long as you're still getting rents and and can muddle through the challenging times, which we're likely looking at ahead. I just wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a special offer that I created for the lifestyle investor community. When I look back at my investing journey, there's one specific investment in particular that was the spark to increasing my net worth and allowing me to leave my job to become a lifestyle investor. I'm talking about mobile home parks. Yes, mobile home parks. If you just cringed a little, that's exactly why these provide such a great opportunity because of the negative stigma and stereotype people might have. In reality, this is an incredible investment that you can get into with little or no money down. You can also quickly get a return on your capital. You can immediately cash flow on day one. You can hold it forever as a cash cow. You get accelerated depreciation to reduce or eliminate the taxes that you would owe. And often the seller will finance the deal so you don't need a bank. You can also buy them at the highest cap rate of all real estate, meaning it's the cheapest real estate to buy based on the income that it generates. And it's the lowest default rate of all real estate, meaning it's the safest asset class to own in real estate. I use this asset class to start my journey in real estate investing and grow my net worth to over eight figures all before I turned 40. And out of all the questions that people ask me, how do I get into mobile home parks is still the number one question that I get, which is why I put together this mobile home park masterclass. This is a paid class that I'm offering for a limited time only. For all the details, head over to justindonald.com forward slash M-H-P, and watch the video, which outlines all the details about the class and exactly what you get when you sign up. You'll also hear the incredible success stories from students who have gone through my content and are now making hundreds of thousands of dollars in passive income. If you want to take the same first step that I did that helped me take both my wife and I from working full-time jobs to becoming lifestyle investors... Join me in my mobile home park masterclass and let's get started on your journey to becoming a lifestyle investor. Visit justindonald.com forward slash MHP for all the details. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah, an important point is if your asset cash flows, then it really doesn't matter what it's worth. Because if you're covering the mortgage, if you're covering the expenses, if you're covering everything, does it really matter on paper what it's worth? because you don't have to sell it. It only matters if you have to sell. It only matters if you aren't cash flowing enough where now this you're coughing up money every single month that maybe you don't have or you don't feel comfortable spending. Well, at this point in time, you sell and you could lose money. But if you buy an asset right, that cash flows right, uh, you never have to sell. So if the market tanks, it doesn't matter what your asset is worth if it's producing enough cash flow to keep it to a point in time where 
that asset appreciates back to where it was or greater than it was. So, you know, that that's one of the tricks that I learned that unfortunately a lot of people investing in very expensive areas, a lot of California, a lot of New York, a lot of the coasts, they often make the mistake of investing for appreciation, not for cash flow. And in a recession, that will come to haunt most people if they don't have the ability to float negative cash flow, to float expenses that are greater than the cost of owning that asset. Yeah, I know 100%. And when I started out and I was talking about Austin and Los Angeles and not worrying about cash flow as much. And at the time, you know, our expenses covered, you know, a lot of times when you buy a property at first, you're not, you may not be making as much cash flow because you're maybe rehabbing it or you're, you have other things that you need to take care of in order to make your rents go up. And so over time at the beginning, you may not be making as much, but then you can project in a couple of years, it could be better. And that that's also a really helpful way to look at it over time. Yeah. So you guys moved from LA to Austin. And I'm so glad you did because now I get to hang with you more and I got to know you a lot better. But why here? Why Austin? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, these days, a lot of people are migrating to Florida and, and Texas. And one of the main reasons is for us, the reason why Austin became this, the place that we moved was because it was liberal. It was a booming economy. I didn't want state taxes. My husband didn't care as much because he doesn't see the bills as much as I do. <laughs> and so he didn't realize. But then when I actually gave him the number of how much we were saving, he was he was in the car ready to ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I think if you're a liberal person, I think there are certain places where you have to look at the kind of place you want to live and the environment you want to be in. So we feel super blessed that we ended up here. We actually moved prior to COVID, just prior. So we were we were very lucky because uh, a lot of people were right after us and, and housing here has, has uh, skyrocketed even more than it had been two years ago. That's right. Yeah, it took off like a rocket ship. I, I still can't believe how much is going up every single you know day, week. It's pretty astronomical, and I recognize there's a long way to go because if you just compare it to the prices in you know California, you can see that in theory it could reach those numbers. Now, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but uh, there's plenty of room, and so that that's exciting. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I think is great, and by the way, you are absolutely beloved in our mastermind because you are willing to ask any question. You are so good at questions, but you're also willing to ask the questions that a lot of people maybe are unsure of whether they should ask or feel like maybe they should know something. And I'm just a big fan of like, hey, you're not supposed to know anything. So just ask whatever questions you have. But you actually take me up on it. And I love it. And people (laughs) adore you for it. So have you always been that way? Have you always been this question asker that just always wants to clarify everything? Yeah, I've always been a really curious person. And I think that's kind of entrepreneurial by nature where we tend to be, we tend to want to know and want to learn and we're excited by different things. And I've always been like that. I actually, it's funny, I was thinking about this uh, in high school, actually, I won most talkative. And this is many, many, many years ago. And at the time, this is over 30 years ago, it was kind of felt like an insult to talk a lot. And these days I think, God, you know, to win most talkative is like a compliment. And totally. so it's funny how the world changed. Now you get paid <laughs> to talk. And before it was like, 
Shut up, shut up. <laughs> so it's pretty funny the way the tides have turned. Yeah, I've always been that way. Well, I think you gather so much more information because of that. And, and then you're able to you know, have more data to synthesize through. So you empower women. You empower women financially. You help them understand their finances. You help them to be able to invest well, make better investments. I'd love for you to talk about some of the work that you do in empowering women, because I think that it's tremendous. I think more people need that. More women need that. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. I think that I started this company because it answered all of the all of the needs that I had, that I, all the answers that I had that I could never find. So I just, even today I was on the phone with a, with someone that is going to start working with me. And she was saying the exact thing that I used to say, I don't know where to go. I don't know how to invest. I don't know who to trust. I made so many mistakes and I was just, I had so much bad information and it's not that I have all the answers, but I'm willing to ask, like you, you've already pointed out. And I do have a lot of answers at this point too. There's a lot of knowledge. So there's all kinds of scenarios where oftentimes my clients are sitting on a lot of cash and they're just afraid. They're afraid to put it in the market. They're afraid to invest. They're afraid to make a mistake and lose their hard earned money. And, you know, we're not talking about an insignificant amount of money, you know, this half a million millions. And so I really believe that by walking them through and by helping them understand what it is that they want and helping them understand what their process is so that they can do it they can do investments with confidence. It just makes such a difference. And it's just such a great feeling. I love when the money gets put to work. And it's interesting. I had a client and she ended up finally purchasing property and she was worried about her bank account going down. And then all of a sudden some money came in, like literally all the money that was the, the deposit actually some, she made a deal and she actually got the money back in. And some of it was also an inheritance also came in a small inheritance. And it was interesting how, once you start to move the money, how it starts to come back, it starts to cycle for you. Yeah. You've got to be careful that you don't have this scarcity around letting it go. If you hold on to it too tight, then you're not going to be able to create with it. And the whole goal is to put it to work so that you don't have to work. So that at some point you choose because it's your choice. You don't have to spend your time for money. Uh, no trading time. You can spend your time as you want. But if you don't let go, if you don't allow your capital to work, then that's never going to happen. And most people just hold their money so tightly that they never let it go. And it just sits in a qualified plan or sits in the stock market. And when times are good, things are good. But when times are bad, they're also bad. And we just can't time what's going to happen when someone retires and where the stock market and economy is actually going to be. And a lot of people, by the way, they just sit with it in cash in their bank account, which means they're losing money. We, we know a lot of people, both of us, that, that do that. That's the strategy because they're afraid to put it in play. But for every day that they're not, they're losing money on it. So I, I'd love for you to share... Uh, number one, tell us the name of your business because I love people just to know about it. And then you're doing something about this because you just recently wrote a book called The Millionaire's Mentality, where you address some of these things. You address how to create wealth and how to think about it differently. So tell us about each. Yeah, awesome. So the company is called Wealth Building Concierge. 
And it is where I just work with clients and go through the process of their finances and help them understand the best strategy for them. The book, The Millionaire's Mentality, does talk about it's okay for women to have money. It's our obligation to have money. When we have money, we can help the world. We're, we serve the world. We love to give women. And we need to, to set the stage for our daughters and future mothers in the world to see. Because once... Once one person, I mean, think how many people Oprah has inspired because yes, she's Oprah, but also she's a woman. She's an African-American woman who has overcome all of these horrific uh, childhood traumas. And she shows us that when we have traumas, we can do it too. And so every woman that steps up is creating an opportunity, creating a space for other women. And I want to be a part of that solution. And inside of the the book, the book is the Professional Women's Guide to Building Wealth Through Real Estate. I really break down all the different ways that you can invest in real estate. And while I don't go into vast detail on all of them, I think it's important to understand that you can do a syndication, you can do a buy and hold, you can do a short-term rental. You need to know that There's more than one way, and there may be one way that feels better for you. I'll never forget the moment when somebody told me they were doing a syndication. I was like, you what? You how? You did what? You did nothing? What? Can I I meet those people? I mean, I was just like, I could not believe that there was this opportunity. Now, for us, in our world, we're like, of course there's that. But- for other people that are just learning it, it is, it almost feels too good to be true. And it's amazing how uh, these op- these partnership opportunities are really brilliant and really do create a lifestyle investor life where you actually do have checks coming in. And granted, you know, we talked about like, there's always risk. You want to check your sponsors. There's all kinds of things that there's always variables you want to pay attention to. And so still there's these opportunities that are phenomenal and a lot of them. Yeah, I just love in general that your goal is to educate others, specifically women. Obviously, you educate a lot of people. Your niche is educating women, but I think you're educating the masses. And I think that that is amazing. One of the cool things, I think that when we have women join the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind, I think most are pleasantly surprised to see how many other women are here learning that you know we're over 40% women in our mastermind, which is incredible. And I really want to get it to 50-50. But it's not the world we used to live in. There was a time that I think it was okay or it was a societal norm where maybe your husband provides for the family via work and maybe your wife is home with the kids or whatever. And then you saw like over time that you had both that worked, you know, you have two spouses working, but I think that there's this mentality, at least years past, and maybe even in some people where it's almost like, hey, someone else can do it for me. I don't need to know. And I love that that's shifting. I love that you've got people on both sides of the aisle that are saying, no, I've got to take this into my own hands. Like I'm going to be responsible for myself. I'm not going to just let a money manager do it. I'm not just going to let my spouse do it. Like I need to be knowledgeable here. So I I love the impact that you're having on the world and specifically with women because we're seeing it. You and I see it all the time with these powerhouse women that are just so educated and and so well-rounded and are becoming just tremendous investors. 
Yeah, absolutely. And when you know what you're doing with your money, when you understand, and that's why I love real estate so much, because I think it's a great place to start. It's where you started, where I started. And you start to realize, hey, I can do this. I can understand what I'm doing and I can have more control over my money. It is not a good feeling to work so hard, have all your money in a 401k and have some people managing it that you don't understand the returns. You don't know them. You don't know how much they're making. It's just, it feels very vulnerable. And the truth is most of those people, we know, you know, the 401k, if you're just leave it to everybody else, those people don't get wealthy. They really don't. You know, they'll put you in annuities for 3% and it's safe. It's safe. You won't lose your money. It's safe. And it really doesn't do much for you. So yeah, I love that. I love when I really encourage and support women to learn because it's not that hard. I mean, you just go step by step. You don't have to take all your money and put it in one investment. You can buy several. I have a client right now, they had 250,000 and they've already bought two houses that they're going to short-term rental, not into Austin, uh, (laughs) because we have to be realistic about prices and markets and uh, depending on your goals. And they are so fired up and they still have money left over. They're so excited to be in it, to be controlling it, to be able to understand what they're doing. It's a whole different feeling than just handing it over to somebody. Yeah. I I love seeing people in general, anyone, any like it doesn't matter where you're from, it doesn't matter your background, your education. I love seeing empowered people, people that are making moves. And I love specifically that we're seeing more and more women today that are becoming empowered in their finances and are making moves and in many cases are leading the charge of, you know, providing for their families financially, which is really cool to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just so many opportunities and I want every every person listening to know that they can do this and that it's completely possible and you can start out step by step and figure this out and find your way with it and create a lifestyle where you're not having to work all the time and uh and have money coming in. Yeah, to buy your time back, to have financial freedom, to have financial independence. I think that's so important. And especially for those that have a family, for those that have dependents and loved ones, you know, maybe it's family members that are aging or it's family members that are are depending on you, kids, where you can spend the adequate amount of time. And for everyone that's that's different, but what's the amount of time that you want to spend? Are you spending it? And if not, can you create a way that you can be spending the exact amount of time that you want? You know, I think that that's imperative. So I'm curious, you have done a lot of learning. You just finished your book. It's about to come out. You are part of our mastermind. You're part of other groups. I'm curious if there's anything that you've learned in the last year that you think is very relevant, very important. Maybe it's, it's the most top of mind that you'd be willing to share with our audience today. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the things that, and it was coming to my mind, even as we were talking, oh, I want to make sure I share this. So I love that you asked this question. And what it is, is to not chase the market and not chase what other people are doing. We have, especially in the mastermind, there's so many great opportunities that come our way. And honestly, we're all kind of FOMO. We're just, you know, we're all thinking, oh, I don't want to miss out on that. I don't want to miss out on that. And we forget that 
We might be chasing a shiny object, even though it might be the best deal in the world. Some of these deals don't pay off for 10 years. Some of the opportunities are, even in when we're talking about LA and Austin, I mean, you know, like I said, I have clients, they bought in Georgia. I They wanted to buy in Austin and it wasn't realistic for where they're at and what they want. The prices are too high. It's a very competitive market in Austin right now. And it's not for, I don't think it's great for a new investor. And so not chasing what other people are doing and committing to like what makes sense to you, what you feel comfortable with, what deals are are right for you. That is the best advice because I think it's so easy to get into this and just feel like also you'll hear about somebody doing a great deal and you'll think, oh shoot, you know, I suck or I missed out on this or whatever it is. And it's just so important to just know you're on your, your journey and hold true. I mean, recently I have said no to a couple of deals that I would have always... I would have said yes to a year ago, but now I've learned, okay, that's not my strategy. That's not, that doesn't feel good to me. I don't need a million X return. What I need is steady 10, 20, 30% returns are phenomenal to me. And I'm sure people are listening going, what? 10% is our low? Yes. 10% is my low threshold. Yeah. We're a bit spoiled because we play in the space of alternative investments and a lot of private equity deals and private real estate opportunities. So pretty cool when that's kind of the minimum. I'd love to have you just share with our audience, number one, where they can learn more about you. And number two, where they can find your book. Awesome. Yes. You can uh, go to my website, wealthbuildingconcierge.co. It's not .com, it's .co because I had a fancy marketer who thought .co was cool. So you'll have to tell me if you can even get to my website if that's actually cool. (laughs) But I I do think it's kind of fun. And my book, you can just go to tamarbook.com, T-A-M-A-R book.com, and you can uh, get the book there. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us today. Obviously, we have a big mastermind session that we get a chance to hang out in in a couple of days. So that'll be fun. But I'm just really blessed knowing you and and really getting this time where you can share with our audience all the cool stuff that you're doing to empower people and just that you're constantly learning and growing. So thank you for your time and this this gift of knowledge that you've shared with us. And I want to wrap up with really my statement that I like to kind of close everything out on each week. And that's this. What's the one step that you can take today towards financial freedom, towards the life that you desire on your terms, by your design? Not a life by default, but a life by choice. Thanks, and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. And if you can think of one or two people who could benefit from this episode, would you share it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all the resources mentioned, visit www.justindonald.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor.